In a game that wasn't very pretty, Boston College drops their first game of the season to URI. We'll have full analysis and breakdown of today's loss on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're talking about the URI Boston College game, a game that Boston College lost 57-49, a game that many of you, if you watched, probably wished you didn't really watch because it was ugly. I mean, from both perspectives, you know, URI got the win. I had predicted on BC Bulletin that I didn't think they were going to win this game. They didn't, but they also played really, really poorly on offense. And it was the first game that we got to see how anemic this offense could be, and it's it's worrisome moving forward. Now, URI basically led from start to finish in this game. It was the reverse of what we saw for BC against Dartmouth, Holy Cross, and, and Fairfield. You know, URI jumped out to a little lead. BC kept battling back, but they just couldn't stop it. And the big issue blocks. Oh my gosh, the blocks from URI. URI finished with 13 blocks in this game, and it seemed every time Boston College tried to make a move on the inside, they got swatted away, which is part of the reason why this team lost. Kai Mitchell, one of URI's centers, had eight blocks in this game. So Boston College, an offense that really tries to push to get inside, they just couldn't do it. DeMar Lankford finished the game with only a handful of points. Makai Ashton Langford only had a couple points. Uh, yeah, M- DeMar had two points. He went one of eight shooting. Not going to win games when he's doing that. Makai Ashton Langford went 0 for 6 shooting. You just, it, it wasn't it wasn't their day. Zachary, 2 for 9. Quinton Post, 4 for 14. It was ugly. The offense just could not get anything going. And it wasn't because, and it wasn't, like URI was running away with this game. As you see, they only won by eight. And BC was in this to the very end. You know, BC's defense, as much as, you know, URI had some times here and there, BC's defense played pretty well. You know, they out-rebounded them 42 to, to 24. They also had seven steals. They had four blocks. And they held URI from to 37% from beyond the three-point three range. The defense did what they had to do. It was the offense that was pitiful. And I, I'm a little worried moving forward that the, what the, the issue that we saw here is going to be a problem because Boston College, when you play a team that is so strong underneath like URI, and URI, give them credit, they were good before this. They were averaging five and a half blocks per game. They were just out of this world this game. When you play a team like this and you're a team that is so um, dependent on that inside presence in that, and, and trying to get to the basket, you're going to struggle. And so that's worrisome moving forward because there's going to be other teams, ACC teams, that are going to do the same thing. You need to figure out how to get the ball outside. But BC, who on this team can shoot a three-pointer? BC shot 25% from three-point range, too. I know they shot 25% from the regular, from f- field goal range, too. But BC, just in general, is not a good three-point shooter. They don't have a sharpshooter on this team. TJ Bickerstaff had the game of, of his life with 22 points and 15 rebounds. 
and he had two three-pointers himself. Is he the guy? I mean, he's a 6'9 forward. You're not going to be doing that a lot. You need him inside. Uh, but the guards are not. DeMar, DeMar Langford is not. Kai Ashton Langford, that, that seems like an Achilles heel. You, you you miss the Rich Kellys, the guys that you could get outside to, sh- to, to pop a three, and they don't have that right now. So that's a bit of a concern uh, for this offense moving forward. Now, I've seen people online, you know, already complaining, complaining. I saw the... Um, for Bloxon, who's been on our podcast, uh, saying, oh, we suck again. Remember what Earl Grant said. Earl Grant has been preaching that this season is going to be about peaks and valleys. That they're a new team. They're trying to find themselves in this new philosophy that he has created. They're trying to figure this out. They're going to have games where they do this. But they're going to have games where they win, too. Because there were points at this game I thought they were going to win. but Or at least turn it around. But they didn't. Now... You need to give them time. You need to give them time to develop. It's so easy to watch a sports game, to watch anything, have an immediate gut reaction. Like, you might see a game like this. It was so ugly that you're going to react and say, oh, this was so bad. I can't believe I had to sit through that, blah, 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 blah. This is pathetic. That's my favorite. I've said that before. It's my favorite word from fans. This is pathetic. You have to give this time. BC, as you know, is a team with its cupboards bare. Their four starting, uh, four highest scorers from last year are gone. They had to get freshmen and transfers in. One of the transfers you got looks pretty good. DJ Bickerstaff, I thought, looked really good out there. Quentin Post looks pretty good, too. But it's going to have its ups and downs. So you can't, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just cautioning you. It's going to make yourself miserable if everything that they do to start the season gives you, you know, the the polarizing reactions. Like, just just try to stay down the middle. You know, accept a good win when it happens, but also just be like, okay, that stinks, and we'll have to learn from it when they lose. Because if you're going to say that, if you're going to just go vacillate, and I know it's internet, from the top to the bottom when you see a game like this, it's going to make it hard to, to get into this. And... I guess what I'm trying to say is it, 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 part of what's going to help this team rebuild is the fan base needs to stay behind them. They need to go to games. They need to, to still watch them because who watches that? Like who sees Conti Morg when there's no one there? The recruits do. So when you see one loss and go, screw this, I'm not going to any more games anymore. That does not help. <laughs> I'm just saying that right now. It does not help. You got to give it a little time. And maybe, maybe Earl Grant will eventually not be the right answer. We don't know that through four games, though, and you can't make a decision off of one game. So that's just my thought on that. And speaking of bad news, let's look at the women's basketball team, who also lost on Wednesday to BU. Ah, that's a tough one. 69-65. You hate losing to the in the Comav Classic. And, uh, you know, Taylor Soul had 25 points, and she was basically it for the offense. You know, Marnell Garad had nine points. Maria Gaktang had six Cam Schwartz really struggled at one, one, eight, one of eight from the floor for three points. Ah, it's a tough loss for the women, but they'll regain. I'm sure they'll figure things out and get back in the win column soon. But let's also chat a little bit about Made In. Made In is what you want when you are getting your kitchen cutlery. 
How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right tools with Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware. Anyone can make it. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Maiden's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's chefs. I use their butcher knife. It is awesome. When I'm cutting up meat, I'm cutting veggies. It, it it's it's perfect. You got to check them out. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, like it is to me, you need to check out Made In. Made In is cookware and kitchenware brands that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots and pans and wine glasses. Made In produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools made directly to you without the markup. Just They have 40,000 five-star reviews, and they use a Michelin-starred restaurants from around the world. Now, if you head over to Made In, you'll get 50% off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. That is a great deal right there. This is the best discount available anywhere for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your order. This is Locked On Boston College. We're waxing poetic about Wednesday's first loss in the Grant Earl Grant era to the URI Rams. Now, funny, this is their you know their first loss of the year. They definitely did not look good, but you know they might get a chance to have a rematch in a week. They get to play in the Sunshine Slam. BC starts the season uh, that that tur- it's a mid, mid multi team tournament including uh, Utah, Tulsa, and URI. BC draws Utah first, and then Tulsa plays URI. So, depending on how the the chips fall, Boston College could get their rematch against URI. Now, if you watch this game, you probably don't want to see that rematch because I can't see Boston College get blocked another 15, 13 times because that would be painful. That's not the point. That's not here or there. We're now four games in, and I want to look at the true freshmen that are playing for BC, the transfers, and give you kind of my thoughts of how they're doing so far. And I'm going to go from the most impressive to the the, the kind of like, uh, what's going on with them? So the most impressive player, I think, as a transfer that's come in or freshman has been TJ Bickerstaff. Amazing player. He had 20 points and 15 rebounds against uh, URI this week uh, on yesterday's game. Excuse me. And he he is everything that you want in a forward for BC. Like, you know, you have your guards, the Langford brothers. You know, Bickerstaff does everything. He he's able to get to the hole. He's good on the rebounds. He he can do a he can do a lot, and he he really solidifies the defense mentality that Earl Grant is trying to bring to this team. So he's been really impressive. I really like to watch him play, and I believe BC has him for two years. So you know he's just going to get better, and I think he could be a really valuable asset, and could be one of the go-to scores for Boston College heading down the stretch. Second on um, the list would be Quinton Post. Now, Post was a backup heading into uh, the first three games. Now, he got his first start uh, over James Karnick, which I had been begging for, heading into the URI game. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. I mean, I'm going to be blunt right there. You know, he shot around 30% for the game. Uh, He had about seven or eight rebounds. He wasn't able to move the ball to the hole as easily as he was against the first three teams. So, for me, Post looks good right now, but he's played against weaker opponents. And that physical skill set of, like, you know, backing down uh, their opposing center or backing down the forward that's that's on him, we need to see him do this against better players. You know, when you're playing Makai Mitchell on URI and he looked like he did, he didn't do too hot. So... 
that's concerning. He may slide down the, the scale if he continues to struggle. That being said, I'm, I still want him playing over James Carnick at this point. I No offense to James Carnick. I just think Quentin Post has a higher higher ceiling and can do more on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think he's earned it so far. So he's my number two. My number three would be Jaden Zachary. Let's round up all the starters, right? Um, he, you know, he is a, a glue guy. He's not a scorer though, and what what worries me and what drives me crazy I, as a as someone who follows a team, missing free throws drives me nuts. And Zachary is one of those guys that just is not a good free throw shooter, um, and that kills him. He's had some times. I mean, he played well against Fairfield. Uh, he had a bunch of steals, so he's gonna be that defensive mentality that that Earl Grant wants. He's just gonna need a little bit of time to to develop. Now, the rest of the guys, the rest of these the 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 freshmen and transfers, I think. Brevin Galloway, he's been hurt. We haven't seen him. Don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I don't expect him to do much, at, you know, with the knee problem and then to see it get to flare it up again. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, Devin McLaughlin, not sure what's going on with him. Um, you know, media coverage of, of some of these press conferences, they don't get a chance to really ask about that. Um, I'm not sure where he's at, and maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't. And the, 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 question, the, the biggest question for me, is Gianni Thompson. Now, we saw him play once or twice, I think, so far this year, and he looked like a freshman. Like, I know people want him in there as much as possible because he's the four-star and all this great stuff, but he looked out of control. He made two quick fouls. He got himself in issues really quickly, and, you know, he was basically out of the game after that. I I don't know if he just needs more polish. You know, they got guys that are higher up on the depth chart. I don't think he's going to transfer out. I wouldn't imagine at this point. You know, he's a guy that's going to take some time. You know, you don't want to throw freshmen out there and have them get, um, you know, defeat themselves. And he's one of those guys, I think, um, might just need a little bit more time. And Kanye Jones, his role just seems to get smaller and smaller. He had a good first start, has kind of, you know, diminished in his role. I like him. I liked what I saw in him that first game. But again, he's a freshman. So you see there, this is issue with Boston College. Their bench is kind of uh, is is. It's going to take some time to develop. The, the bench is not full of guys that you can just throw out there and get there. You know, guys like Gianni Thompson, Kanye Jones, you know, James Carnick is what he is. But, you know, there's a lot of guys there that need some time to, to develop. And that's what we're going to see probably as it goes along. Now, to get through all of this, if you're a Boston College basketball fan, if you're looking at this and going, oh, man, how am I going to get through this? You want to see development. I've been saying that all year long. You know, you're going to lose games. You're going to lose a lot of games. But just looking for development. Now, you held URI to under 60 points. That's good. Okay? Your defense is what you want. That was a major issue last year. Your defense stunk last year. And now you got a good defense. Now you get the offense there. You know, you're not going to play against a team that's going to block you 15 times. But you might want to see the offense play a little bit better. And hopefully we'll see that next. Now, in our final segment, we'll talk a little bit about football. Now, I'm going to talk about three things about Florida State football that concern me heading into Saturday's game in Chestnut Hill. We're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated website or mobile interface to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Now, BC is a two-point favorite over Florida State, according to the most recent line. If I was a betting man, 
I'd take the Eagles here. I know you would too. And the best place to do it is bet online. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sport favorite sports. Remember, use promo code Locked On to receive your welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out my work there. And if you have not done so already, make sure you get your free subscription to Maroon and Gold Forums. It's where all the BC fans are going to talk about BC sports. I jump in every now and then to give my my feedback. I let you guys talk about it, though. I usually give kind of my posts and let you guys talk about what you want to talk about. So check out Maroon and Gold's forum. It's free to join. I think you'll enjoy it. In addition, some more news. On Saturday or Friday night, I'm going to release an extra bonus episode of Locked on Boston College. It's a crossover episode I did with uh, Drake of uh, Florida State, uh, Locked on Seminoles. It's more of a him asking me a lot of questions, but I thought you guys might want to hear some of my topics. Um, Drake is a funny, funny guy, um, so you'll, you'll get to enjoy our conversation. And it'll be up on our feed of the Locked on Boston College. So it's time to talk about football again. And let's talk about Florida State. I apologize we didn't get our Florida State host on to talk to me about BC stuff. A little bit of miscommunication on my part. But I wanted to give you three things about Florida State I am worried about heading into Saturday's game. First of all, it's quarterback Jordan Travis, who should be the starter heading into Saturday's game. Now, heading into this season, I thought it was going to be Mackenzie Milton. He just seemed like the guy. I know he was coming back from a big in- injury, but it's going to be Jordan Travis. Now, if you remember the last time Boston College faced off against Florida State at home, game that was started by Dennis Grossell. Jordan Travis made two touchdowns near the um, end of that game that really put the game on ice. He's an electric, speedy quarterback. He doesn't have the arm, I don't think, of a guy like Malik Cunningham or Lamar Jackson or any of the more mobile quarterbacks that BC has faced in years past. But he's dangerous. He's a guy that gets to the outside. He can do some things. He's rushed for over 400 yards. He has six touchdowns. He's also thrown for 1,000 yards. You know, we've seen quarterbacks beat BC. But I always preface this that it's it was BC with Phil um Dennis Grossell at quarterback. It's a different team. Now, Jordan Travis, I'm curious to see if he will be more like Malik Cunningham or he'll be more like Jordan Yates. Now, Jordan Yates, he made some plays last week, but he wasn't he wasn't as dangerous as some of these other guys that they face that are mobile. So, you hope that he's more like Jordan Yates because Jordan Yates, when you forced him to throw the ball, BC had the game and it was over at that point. You just knew when Jordan Yates had to throw the ball that the game was over. So I, I think Travis is a little better than that, but I don't think he's as dynamic as, say, uh, Malik Cunningham. So he's someone to watch, though. A guy that you know can do some option stuff, get the ball to the outside, and, and use his speed to, to beat BC. So that's one thing I'm a little worried about. The second thing I'm worried about is their Defensive end, Jermaine Johnson, a transfer from Georgia, who is probably one of the best defensive ends that BC is going to play all season. He's probably one of the best defensive ends in the country. He has 10 and a half sacks. He has uh, 61 tackles already, which is a lot for a defensive end. He's good. Now, it's going to depend on who they can get on him. You you get you got to hope that you can you can chip off you know chip him with a running back get Zion Johnson on him as much as possible because he's the kind of defensive end that if you're not playing well can take over a game. I I have a faith I have faith in Boston College's offensive line, but they haven't played a guy like him yet, and he is elite. He is he's gonna be fun to watch, 
but you don't want to see him getting to Djokovic because that could be a problem. So that is another piece that I think, you know, heading into this game could be something that you're going to want to watch for. Next is their their, uh, their red zone play. On defense and offense, Florida State has a top 30 red zone offense and defense. So that means when BC gets into the red zone, Florida State has a tendency to lock down. Now, you dig deeper into the stats, they still let up points. It's just not as much as some other schools. Something to watch. And when they get into the red zone, they don't they they don't make mistakes. And that's something to watch for against a BC team that it kind of thrives on that. They BC, you know, and a lot of times they want to get teams to bend and not break. So if BC is hoping that Florida State is going to get into the red zone and fall apart, they haven't shown that they do that. So that's something to consider. So those are three things I think. Now on tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk to Eric Hofsis and we're going to give our predictions on this game. And I can tell you right now, as I said in the Bet Online ad, I'm picking Boston College. So you want to hear the, all of our thoughts on that. Thank you all for listening. If you like our podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you listen on Apple, I want to give you, I want to ask a favor. Give us a five-star review and write a quick little review of why you like Locked On Boston College. Say, hey, AJ knows a lot about BC sports, or this is an enjoyable thing, and I or I like listening to AJ make mistakes about all his predictions. So I want to thank you all for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll see you all soon. Take care, everyone.